going to praise him for that as we start and something for us to think about all that we have in him. It's just not our salvation. There, it's it's to live an abundant life here that he's empowered us to do. So, Father, we thank you and we praise you for this, um, this thing that you do for us, Father. Not only eternity with you forever and ever, which you say that we have, uh, as we've given our lives to you, we love you, Lord Jesus, as we've turned our lives over to you, there is a place for us for all eternity <laughs> as we accept what you have done for us on the cross. And we thank you and we praise you that that's there. Good Lord, now for our whole lives, you empower us to live our lives. All those things that we struggle with, all those things that that uh, we question, all, you've empowered us to get these answers from you, from your Holy Spirit. You've empowered us to uh, work with you, to, to invite you into these situations that they could be solved by you. Lord, we are your children. Help us to realize that you are the loving Father who runs to get us. As the prodigal son, Father, you put on us the sandals and the ring and the robe you abundantly give to us even after we've returned. And Father, we're so thankful. Help us to fully realize all that we have as your children today. So bless today, Father. Help us to worship you, to be attentive to your word. Give us an anticipation, Lord, an expectation of what you're going to say to the church, but also to us personally today. We thank you and we praise you, Lord, for this opportunity to be together with each other and our opportunity to worship you, to praise you. And Father, let that be our heart. This whole service is, Lord, it's our desire to come and give you the worship and praise that you alone deserve. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Lord, we just, again, uh, quiet our hearts before you, and we just uh, bless you, Lord. Now, we just ask you that we, you would enable us to be still and know that you are God. And uh, we quiet our hearts, our souls, and our minds. Oh, Holy Spirit, come now, Lord, and uh, speak through uh, me, your servant, and transform the beloved, Lord. Uh, with We pray for salvation, for rededication, for life abundant to flow through this message, Lord, for your words, our spirit and life. In Jesus' powerful name we pray, amen. All right. And so, <clears throat> have you ever played Twister? Raise your hand if you ever played Twister. All right, it, yes, okay, some of you online and uh, for those who may not know, Twister is a party game, and it's a party game that has a large uh, plastic mat that's colored with different colored dots, red and yellow and blue, and it has a spinner. And you spin the spinner, and it's like whatever it falls on, you have to put your foot on it or your hand on it. So left foot blue, right foot red, and you'd put it on this. And if uh, your knee doesn't touch the mat and everybody is playing or your 
elbow doesn't, but the most important thing is if you don't fall over, if you don't fall over, then you win the game. And so, I shall now recite the Twister song by Milton Bradley. <laughs> Milton Bradley has a new game. It's called Twister. Spin the spinner and watch it stop. Twister ties you up in a knot. And Liz, would you share your picture with us? Yes, <laughs> Twister, the game that ties you in knots. Well, thank you, Liz, for showing us that. But if you really want to get tied up in a knot, you want to talk to someone who's twisting the scriptures. You want to talk to someone who twists the scriptures. Twister ties up you in a knot, and so do scripture twisters. And we are going to talk about that today. Now, we're in 2 Peter chapter 3 today, and I'm going to be reading a larger uh, part of the section than the one we will be focusing on. But 2 Peter 3, 14 to 16 reads this. And as you may remember, we've just come out of the realization that the Lord is being patient, not judging the earth, not putting an end to sin so that more people can come to salvation. But we, his people, who know his name, are waiting for even though the earth will be destroyed by fire, the Lord is going to bring those who know him to a new heaven and a new earth. And it says this in 3.14, Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, that's the new heaven and the new earth, be diligent to be found by him without blemish or spot and at peace and count the patience of our Lord as salvation. Okay, here we come to the part we're focusing on. Just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand. We all nod. Which the ignorant and the unstable twist to their own destruction as they do other scriptures. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do other scriptures. Today we're looking at Peter's warning in the church um, about people who have infiltrated the church. As you remember, we're live the people that Peter is writing to are people in the church at Asia Minor, or, and actually broader than that, broader than that, um, but they, um, they are living in a world that's pagan. They are living in a world that it's hard to live in line with God's spirit, but what has happened in Second Peter is false teaching has entered the church. It has been smuggled in, as it says in the text. 
and they're trying to make it easier to live in a pagan society. Making it easier. And they're distorting the scriptures. And they're doing it. They're living it as if there is no judgment from God coming. There is always forgiveness for sin. But sin must be judged if the Lord does not forgive it. Sin and chaos cannot control the earth forever. God will not have it. And so he is patient and waiting. But people have infiltrated the church to, stay, to get in there and to change things. But we have been called, as we're waiting for the Lord's return, to live lives in line with the fact that he's coming, that we will all be glad to see him, that we will not be indistinguishable from the world that opposes God. And so, since we're waiting for this, with the patience of the Lord, and Peter here speaks to the fact that this speaking about the Lord's return and living in line with that is being spoken by Peter, but also by Paul. So Paul's writings at this time are also recognized by Peter as scripture. So it's not only Peter who is inspired by the Holy Spirit. There's a recognition that the Apostle Paul in his other writings are also scripture. And you know what? People are taking the things that Paul speaks about what's coming and they're twisting those. As they are twisting the truths at the churches that Peter is addressing. And so we come back again to this fact that there is a focus that is to be on God and his word and living in line with it. And so we're going to take a look at that. So again, 2 Peter 3, 15 to 16 says, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, so Paul, Paul is inspired, as he does in all his letters, he speaks in them of these matters. So he's speaking about the Lord's returning. He's speaking about God's patience. He's speaking about these things. But Peter, an apostle of the living God, a person who walked with Jesus says, like I have often said, there are some things in Paul's letters that are hard to understand. And he said, however, people take the ignorant and the unstable and they twist it to their own destruction as they do other scriptures. And so what Peter is telling us here is watch out for the ignorant scripture twisters. Watch out for the ignorant scripture twisters. So some things are hard to understand. Watch out for the ignorant scripture twisters. So who is an ignorant scripture twister? It would be nice if they had that on 
their head or they wore it uh, on their jacket. Hi, my name is Ignorant Scripture Twister. But it is unlikely that will happen, so we will have to discern the ignorant scripture twister. So essentially what they mean, ignorant, means they are uninstructed, unschooled. Now we're not thinking of having gone to uh, higher education, theological training, we're talking about people who have been schooled in the way of Christ, who have taken the apostles' teachings and have been schooled and trained in what that means. And so they know it's, it's someone who, uh, who does not yet know, either has not been fully exposed because of time or worse yet, they're unwilling to learn the true teaching. It has been uh, my experience that I have known people who have wanted to teach and instruct other people when they did not know what they were saying. They had not been long enough with someone in the word, learning the truths, and yet were eager to instruct others ignorant scripture twisting. It takes some time under the study of the word to be able to teach it or to instruct others. But they were, this is a group that has not been submitted to the foundations of the faith. They have not been submitted. And so they twist the scripture and if you go for it, it affects your spirit. So you have to watch out for the ignorant scripture twisters. Now, like I said, sometimes this is an unwillingness to sit under the teaching that gets you that foundation. Other times, you don't want to. Takes too long. You want to do it yourself. You got your own way. I'm going to tell you a story about someone who is not unwilling but was not ready to communicate the truths of scripture to another. Uh, I was teaching at Nyack College, and every uh, one of the classes I regularly taught was called spiritual formation. And uh, students would come into this. It was a required class. That should also tell you people, when you have to take a required class, they did not choose it. But nonetheless, every this semester, I had a group of 20 students that were in this class. And on one day, we were going over the story of David and Bathsheba. As you may remember in that story, David, uh, is not out fighting with his troops in the battle as he was probably supposed to be doing, but instead he's wandering up on the roof, on his high roof, because he's the king of Israel. His roof is higher than everybody else's, and he looks down and he sees a woman bathing. And he wants that woman. He sees her, he sends troops to take her, and he has relations with her, though she is another man's wife, and he knows it. She's the wife of Uriah, 
the Hittite, a faithful servant in David's army. And a whole bunch of stuff ensues. A whole bunch of stuff. And God eventually will confront David. We were acting this out, within limits of course, <laughs> doing a, I guess what we would call a bibliodrama, as we have been taught by Rich, the non-scripture twister. <laughs> and we were doing this bibliodrama of doing this out. Now in my class, after we got done with it, the man sat down and we sat down to talk about the fact that sin is not just a completed action. It often can start, sin can begin in your heart. And sin can be in your heart. As Jesus taught, whoever looks at a woman lustfully, see David, and lusts for her, he has already committed adultery in his heart. So I'm telling them, you know, for your spiritual transformation here, the Holy Spirit has to deal with your thought life. And while I'm saying that, a young man, three rows back, raises his hand. He says, Professor, I have a question. Now, he, this young man had come to the Lord in July. He was on athletic scholarship. He, this was now September. He was in my class. He raises his hand and he says to me, are you telling me that if I look at a woman lustfully, that's sin? I said, yes. He said, I'm sinning all the time. <laughs> so we were very happy to say, I'm glad you brought this up. We prayed with him. We told him. Uh, and he said, I'm glad to know this. And through the next period of time, through the college and through the classes and through the teaching and through discipleship, he became a powerful person who goes around the world teaching and training other people using the talent that brought him in the first place. But he had the ability to affect people even in the beginning. But praise the Lord, he did not go forth with how he saw things to teach other people. And so, watch out for the ignorant scripture teachers. Some are doing it because they don't want to know the truth. Others are just too new in the faith and probably need help from you. Watch out for the ignorant scripture teachers. It goes on to say this. We read again. Paul says things are hard to understand, which the unstable twist to their own destruction as they do other scriptures. So watch out for the ignorant scripture twisters, but also watch out for the unstable scripture twisters. There are ignorant scripture twisters who don't know unschooled, and there are unstable scripture twisters. Watch out for them. Now these are people who are easily misled easily misled. When you see this word unstable in your, the text, 
it's it's based on this word in the original language that talks about a ship for example this is one way to think about it a ship that doesn't have any cargo on it that's being hit by the waves that's the instability and the opposite of it is something that's strong stable and upright and so when we're talking about the unstable scripture twisters they're easily swayed easily misled going after if you will every whim of doctrine or what fits how they feel and they affect you they can affect others watch out for the unstable scripture twisters changing and wavering on the truths there also seems to be a lack of appreciation for the basics of Christianity. Want to go off, hear the thing that's new. Want to go off, want to justify ways of living. Want to justify ways of living. Um, they're, they're caught up in this. They are all over social media. I hardly see any social media, but at least twice a week, Rebecca sends me something that will show, that says to me, can you believe this? And there are things that, if the, that it seems like the whole Christian or large chunks of the Christian community are backing because it sounds good. And I'm like, that's completely wrong. Watch the unstable scripture twisters. Especially as it relates to Peter in this letter. The ones who are trying to justify sin. The ones who are trying to make sin redefined. Sin is okay. Sin is never okay. It will destroy everything good in your life, which is why God sent Jesus to take away the sin and give you new life. Left to itself, sin will destroy everything good, which is how the world is coming to an end. Sin is destroying everything good. The unstable scripture twisters will take things they want to do or seem right to them and say, this is okay, this is not what it means in the scripture. Watch out for them. You always, if you just do these two things, you will be in large part able to avoid the unstable scripture twisters. Holy Spirit, lead me in this. Show me what you think about this. And the Holy Spirit has also given us a methodology that helps. And here's a real easy one that any of us can do. You want to say to yourself, the Bible came to a group of people in a certain culture, in a certain language, in a certain time. The message first came to them. Is this what they would have understood. If 
what people are saying would not have been how that first group heard it. You are going into scripture twisting. It could not possibly mean that because that is not what it meant then. What did it mean to the first people who heard it? So when the first people heard something was a sin, what did that sin mean to them? It doesn't get changed. The applications are infinite, but the timeless truth and the principles are always the same. But you have to say, what did it mean to them? And so the internet is full. There's one particular sin which I'm not going to mention that people have been putting books out on, telling everybody this is okay, this is cultural. And one of the books that's key, I had to look at some excerpts from it. It made me angry. The person is working with, quote, the Greek, meaning the original language. But guess what? The person is not trained. There's no background. The way he is using the original language is not correct. There are rules. You go with the most common meaning. You don't twist things to get to the exceptional meaning. Just like when I say to you, are you having a good day? You don't say day. Well, it could be the end of the eon. No, you know from the conversation, I'm asking you, how are you today? The scripture twisters and the unstable twisters will go to the most bizarre, obscure definition and move it up. But think, if I'm having a conversation with someone, if the original people are, is that what they would have thought? And so, stay away from the scripture twisters. Don't get twisted up with them. And the Lord has given you his Holy Spirit. And you know, the Lord has given you this little sense. There's something that doesn't sound right. And as you're here, the Lord is teaching you and showing you how to work with the whole con how, with the whole Bible. So you know what to apply the right way at the right time to use the wisdom of the Lord, to know what does God really want in his heart? How was it in the beginning? Stay away from the scripture twisters. Stay away from the unstable ones. Stay away from the ones who don't know what they are talking about. I have to say, I have a, 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 I confess, Lord, a particular anger against those who use the original languages who don't know what they're doing. Because people who are not trained in it, who are, have not learned the languages, say, oh, it must be true, because that's the original word. S stay away from the unstable. Stay away from the scripture twisters. So, What's our takeaway? I bet you could tell me. <laughs> Liz, would you put up our visual? Don't get caught up with the scripture twisters. I don't want to see your right hand on green and your left foot on red with the other guy. So don't get caught up with the scripture twisters. Thank you, Liz. This can be dangerous stuff.
dangerous stuff. Um, there was a man that we knew who was told an error in scripture, from scripture, that he could be never forgiven for a certain sin. That went into his being, and we could, he came to our church, it would, as far as we knew, it never came out. It never came out. And he wound up eventually in a mental hospital, and we don't know what happened. The vulnerable. Don't get caught up with the scripture twisters, with the ignorant. Lord, we just come in the name of Jesus and we say to you that we praise you, Lord, that your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. We pray that we'd always have willingness, Lord, to be taught, taught by your word. Feed us, Lord, on the pure word. Feed us, Lord, on the pure word. You have said, man does not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. That's what we want. Feed us your pure word. Holy Spirit, shine your light into our spirits. Give us your discernment, Lord, when something is wrong. We do forgive any we've come in contact with, Lord, who have uh, twisted the scripture uh, in ignorance or because they're unsteady. And underneath that, Lord, was perhaps a desire to continue in ways of life to justify things that were not of you. So, Lord, we do ask that your word would be a lamp to our feet a light to our path, that you would show us, Lord, your truth, your word, your life. And Lord, I have this very confident sense from you that those who are hearing my voice today on Zoom, in the room, Lord, you have us in your hand. So, Lord, alert us for the scripture twisters <laughs> and keep us in you. In Jesus' powerful name we pray. Lord, bless us and keep us. Cause your face to shine on us and be gracious to us. Lift up your face upon us and give us shalom. And yes, Lord, keep us from the scripture twisters <laughs> and uh, feed us your word, your pure word filling us with your rivers of life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, friends.